Welcome back to the International Minute of Mystery, where we go through the Austin Powers movies one minute at a time, starting with the International Man of Mystery. And I'm Johnny, and I have a special guest with me this week, and he is... And I'm Mark, from the DC Cinematic Minute Podcast and the Tarantino Minute Podcast. Cool. <clears throat> we are working on Minute 78 today, and it begins with, No man, freedom didn't fail. Anything? Oh, yeah, I just started the minute. (laughs) Usually it's like the beginning and the end. No. You just do the beginning? Yeah. This is how it starts? Yep. A lot of good Scott minutes. I like Scott as a character in the whole trilogy. Um, Dr. Evil too, but like, well, I always like Dr. Evil, but like, I like Scott a lot. And like this, this minute right here, like, we get the one where he comes in and he's like, yo, is it cool if I have my Sega? And then he's like, I just like that, that little writing in between there. It's like towards the very end, but anyways. Um, just er- everything Scott says, or Seth Green says, pretty on point. And um, <laughs> when he was talking about, like, oh, we just had like a major breakthrough, like us, uh, you know, father and son kind of thing. And he's like, I wish I was never artificially created. And like bails out, just... I just love it so much. I think it's interesting how um, how a lot of got a hold of Vanessa because Vanessa seems pretty capable. I don't understand how she got captured in the first place. It's a shooting technique. It didn't it didn't work out for her. I the, guess not. The elbowing. Apparently, a lot is a better shot. She's uh, she's pretty good hair in here too. So. Don't she seems both? pretty capable with a gun, too. Don't they both have good hair? They do. I mean, doesn't everyone have good hair in here? I mean, look at them. Look at Austin and Scott. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say Austin has good hair. Dr. Evil has a good absence of hair. That's true. What is her outfit? Because it's like, it's like monochrome, too, but it's like not smooth. She wearing a sweater? Yes. Okay. Anyways, totally distracted by hair and outfits, but um I think it's really funny and I think it ages pretty well. Um the the line that Dr. Evil says there's nothing more pathetic than an aging hipster. And I felt like that still rings true <laughs> in a different sort of hipster context. Well, we have to remember this is like a, <clears throat> it's like an SNL skit turned into movie kind of thing. And for the most part, comedians are writing truth. So it's like these SNL writers are like, there's nothing worse than aging hipster is probably for better or worse, completely honest. And not for me to like defend or debate, but like they were probably writing that with some, with some grit behind it. I mean, it was the 90s, so I'm not entirely sure. I mean, it ages really well now, but I'm not really sure. Aging hipsters? Yeah, I know. Aging hipsters age nicely. Sure. Sure, I suppose so. Mm, It's debatable. There are like the, are we talking like those like elderly hipsters that are like tattooed up and they're like, 
basically models at that point. Like, well, I mean, at who this is that? Elon Musk's mother is what? like a model, and she's like an old lady model. What? I have to look this up because I don't Elon Musk's you. mother is a reason why he's like got money. I don't believe you. Yeah, she's on like a ton of like fashion model covers. She's a model, and she's like his mother. She's old. I'm looking this up. Wow, she's beautiful. Yeah, you see what I'm talking about? Wow, she's really... Wait, I saw her but on is something. But is that what you're talking about, like aging hipster? No. She's... She's. I don't qualify her as a hipster. But you know what I'm talking about, like the, the elderly folks. She's just, she's just a cool mom. She's a cool mom mm-hmm. who aged entirely too gracefully. She's like the oldest model that we have right now. She's been modeling for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, good job, Elon Musk's mom. What is her name? May Musk. Not the best name, but... I mean, it's the last name. That's what it does. It Musk? Just, yeah. I think Still that's waiting on that cologne, huh? The Elon Musk. Oh, my God. He doesn't need anything else to market. He's got flamethrowers and rockets. He doesn't need um, perfume or cologne. But... I like how you said he has flamethrowers and rockets and not like... A Tesla? Yeah. Any point where you mentioning the car as like his first source of revenue. I mean the... No, the flamethrowers come first. That's the newest thing though. He's literally marketing like $500 flamethrowers. And then because... pretty affordable. International shipping. A handgun is like 700. So you're telling me a flamethrower is like 500? Yeah. It's like a compact flamethrower that shoots like 10 feet. I want the, Seven who's that kid from Airbender that has like the flame wrist things now? Oh, I don't know. You've seen that, right? The guy who built like the flamethrowers on the wrist so he could firebend? You've never seen that? No. Okay, anyways. Maybe, I'm trying to imagine a scenario in which Austin Powers would use a flamethrower. He never got to use one. It would make him a better shot, I think. Close range shot. But there are a lot of hostages in this minute. Vanessa's a hostage. Um, Scott's a hostage. And then I feel like in some cases, Austin and Dr. Evil are hostages. Because there's like a weird tug of war between the two of them. And then in comes number two. Yeah, the Mexican standoff is him pointing the gun at Dr. Evil. A lot of pointing the gun at... Vanessa. And then a gun pointing at... The same gun pointing at Dr. Evil is now pointing at Scott. So... It's it's all over the it's place. three point, yeah. But Dr. Evil walks in... Or Dr. Evil. Number two walks in with a suitcase that has a fembot. I guess I'm assuming it's one of his favorite ones. Because yeah. Now I can bring this question up because it's like for years I've always had the question in the back of my head, but that is a fembot. Like that's a fembot like rolled up into a suitcase Mm -hmm. because I kept thinking like he just has the boots and the hair. And does he have like parts of a broken fembot or like a fembot? And then it's like, which one is it? I feel like he just took one whole and then it's like, Okay, well, let's assume a fembot's in there. Like, how is it in there? Is it I mean, deflate? It's a machine. It, machines have parts. No, you can take her apart. 
It's not going to fit in a suitcase. It's a big suitcase. They got to be full of air. Get what? it? Uh, and maybe that's a joke. They deflate. I don't know. They're not like a they're not like a blow-up doll. It's not the same thing. Anyways, but it's so in a suitcase. So. It's in like one of the fembots is in a suitcase. So number two walks in, and he's pretty sure of himself. I'm confused though, because he walks in through the um, the door that looks eerily similar. It is the door, the door that with the slow lowering device into the mm-hmm. angry sea bass moat thing. Why does he come through that way? Take a guess. What do you think? I mean, I guess because he has to go through the back hallways and maybe that's like the best entrance he has at this point. The room doesn't change. It's still a sinking room. He just is for some reason walking through it. Well, there's a door on the other side where yeah, Austin escaped to, so I'm assuming he and just there, walked through that way. And you see the pole. Like, it's just weird. So it didn't change. It's not like it... It's maybe not like it changed rooms. Maybe like, they have like a floor that covers up the the pool that has the sea bass in it. Like the, you know how they have those mechanical like floors for in-ground pools that you can just press a button and it becomes like a floor over the pool? Maybe it's kind of like that. Yeah, because my thought was like maybe the employees have to, the council members have to make their way through the sea bass pool if they want to at least get a chance to get burned alive in the chair within the conference room. That's some that's some shit right there. You know, it's like... Yeah, but number two Oh, is, I made it this far. Hopefully I don't get burned after this. Yeah, but it's number two. Like, he's not... He knows his way. Anyways. Is he coming... There's There were supposed to be stairs on, like, the left side, wasn't there? Or there was there no stairs inside that room? There's stairs right here. No, no, no. Inside the sea bass room. Oh, it's just... No, there's no stairs it's in It's just a little drop thing. So... So where is he coming down from? I don't know. Number two, your timing is impeccable. Go ahead. Take Mr. Powers away. No. Nope. And <laughs> the minute ends with number two being defiant and saying no to Dr. Evil, which is the first time that you've seen like a rebellion because he's been a yes man this whole time. I'm going to build this empire. You're going to wake up from your cryo freeze. You're going to take it over like you normally do. And I'm going to let you do whatever the hell you want to do within evil capacity. It's just sad because it's like he built his whole life around this company. And now he's now he's following the whims of this like crazy bald man. Hmm. I mean, I really do like number two a lot. So what's coming up is like, it was weirdly sad for me. Um, and so I, well, I'll save it for when we get there. My my thing with Vanessa is though, is like, um, wh- is she like, oh, just let them kill me kind of thing? Like after all they've been through, she's like, I get it. It's like a, it's like a trope or like uh, something campy that you hit on these like what's not 
what's being satired here, like normally that's said, right? But there's like, it's like serious here, even well, in she's this. She's like film, sacrificing. Where she's herself. like, yeah, go kill me. Like, you know, just make sure you bring Dr. Evil in. Like, normally in like the real fiction that this is being a satire of, like they say that. So I yeah. get, I get it's being said here because it's like paying homage to like that style. But at the same time, it's like, we really just like okay with I mean, if she no got killed off. No one's okay with her doing it. No one's okay with like a Bond girl doing it. But you still do it because I've, you gotta do do it for the greater good. In James Bond films, I feel like they just die. They do. They get killed in like action. Yeah. They, or in in passing. They literally just like get killed, which I think might be what happens in the next film. Is just like, yeah. Bond girl gets killed, so let's move on with the next one. Like, they do it all the time in actual Bond films, so I feel like maybe that's why they did it in the second one. I don't know. <laughs> well. That's all I have for this one. Yeah. I mean, we get to really see this little uh, monologue that number two has in the next minute. So, you got to catch us back for Thursday to hear all about number two's rebellion. For minute 79, but don't forget, stay groovy.